Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. We boomers come from parents who instilled in us a strict code of what gets talked about and what doesn't. How much do you earn? Nope. What price did you pay for that? Never. Who did you vote for? Oh, that's even worse. And sex. Any questions about sex? Have you ever asked anybody about their sex life? Have you ever been asked? Have you ever had that honest conversation with your partner? My guest today is a certified love, sex, and relationships coach, and she says no topic is taboo with her. Ann Bell, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Hi, Agnes. Thank you for having me. And inquiring minds need to know, how do you train to be a sexpert? Actually, there's a lot of education that goes behind it. I took a course, which was 330 hours and of the gamut it just ran the entire gamut whatever the (laughs) we were talking about so uh, it was very interesting and very enjoyable actually so that's that's how you become certified (laughs) that's great okay well maybe we'll put a (laughs) given affiliate link we'll put it in the show notes (laughs) sure (laughs) get everybody trained up they can be your uh, entourage that's great okay let's jump in Boomer women often have a lot of baggage around sex. You need to satisfy your husband. You shouldn't ask or tell what you want. Hell, you probably shouldn't even know what satisfies you. And you certainly don't instigate an intimate encounter. Add to that mix, as boomers now, the bodies aren't as firm as they used to be. Breasts aren't as perky. We've gained weight. Convince us we're still sexual beings and we're sexy just the way we are. (laughs) We are. (laughs) Um, Ding, ding to all of that above. I, and and it's interesting because it was so taboo. Even if you didn't talk about sex in your house, it still brought shame. We talked about it, you know, how sex was introduced to us is how we're going to carry it on. And I know in my household, there were five girls and there was no talking about sex. There, there, it was just not talked about. So that in itself, it was a mystery for me. And it was shame based. Like, 
There was no affection shown. You know, it was a busy time. They were, you didn't do emotions. The only emotion you did was anger. You know, that was an acceptable emotion. But, you know, there wasn't a lot of affection, a lot of a lot of dysfunction in my household. So I was really shamed by the topic of sex. I just didn't understand it. I didn't know what my period was. I mean, it, I, I have the funniest story even with that in fifth grade when you're introduced to it. And here comes the permission slip. And I remember sitting next to the boy in fifth grade. And his name was Rudy. And he says to me, what is that? I said, I don't know. I think they're going to teach us about cars. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I got a one up you here. At least I had National Geographic magazine. I wouldn't have that. (laughs) (laughs) So right from the get-go. And then when I got my period, you know, my mother hands the Kotex. And now you're a woman and walks away. And I'm like, okay. What does all that mean? What's happening? There's here, water on know? the counter. Do I use it for I, this? <laughs> I, was, I was so perplexed over the whole thing. But I had older sisters that, you know, kind of guided me a little bit too. But talk about sex in general? No, we didn't. It wasn't talked about at all. So you were left to your own devices about it. And we were given like totally wrong messages, totally wrong messages. So um, it it takes a lot of reframing in our minds. But I found for me, when I hit 40, that I was like in my sexual prime. Most women start to get into their sexual prime at 40. And I have to tell you, I had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I did everything out of order. I was married in my 20s. My husband passed away when we were 29. Uh, my 30s was spent to grieving and growth. And my 40s was totally exploration. And I remember one time saying to my therapist, you know, I'm a little concerned. I'm drinking. I'm whoring. What's going on? And she <laughs> says, you want to know what's going on? I'm like, yeah. And she says, well, you're going through your teenage rebellion years. You did not do that as a teenager, you know, because we couldn't leave the home unless we were married. You know, that was taboo. (laughs) You weren't leaving unless you were married. We weren't pushed to go to college. We were pushed to get husbands. So you weren't leaving unless you were married. So what was I going to do? I got married. We, We didn't know what we were doing. And before that, then he's, you know, he died. And I'm like, oh, so my 40s were really my teenage rebellion years. And once I knew that, I'm like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) okay so you had the advantage of your 40s how do other women get in touch with their erotic selves I mean perhaps they're still in a marriage yes and here's the thing we all think our bodies are spontaneous supposed to want to have sex be in it at any moment and and it that's not how our bodies work but we're also not broken either pleasure is a learned skill for most and we weren't taught. We weren't taught masturbation. We That was taboo. You know, don't touch yourself. So how are you to learn your body if you don't actually touch yourself? If you don't actually explore, you know, all your bits and parts, what feels good, what doesn't feel good? 
And we, like for me, I thought my partners knew more than I did. So I let them take the lead. And I realized, you know, they don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> Some of them really are bad out of it. Some are really good. But, you know, you to relinquish your sexual pleasure to another is setting yourself up for failure, disappointment. So... I think the first step is, is to find some time to get in touch with yourself and what brings you pleasure. And I'm not just talking sexually. I'm talking, it could be you're out in nature. You see a beautiful flower. What is that feeling inside of you when you see that? You know, you see a baby cooing. You're a grandmother for the first time. What, what, that's, that's pleasure. That's excitement. That's the feeling you want to get in touch with so that you can now go, oh, that kind of, it's a wonderful, lovely inside feeling. And now you want to start to pursue that. Now you can go take that feeling and start playing. You can take a bath. You know, you there's so many things that you can do to start getting in touch with your physical self. And masturbation is definitely one of them. It's interesting as you say that. Um, I was reminded that when my children started school, my doctor was sort of chuckling and saying, oh, you're really going to notice like at the winter concert or any any of those productions that the schools put on class by class by class, especially at the elementary level. He said, all the children are holding hands. He said, because that's the age when they really do start exploring themselves. And teachers don't want children up there with their hands in their own pants. Well, they probably don't want them in anybody else's pants either. But it was just sort of interesting how, you know, we start out probably sort of quite happy to explore our own bodies. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it gets our hands slapped. <laughs> we get shamed rather quickly. So, and that's the other thing. We have to sometimes look back to go forward. So, you know, you have to take a look at your cultural beliefs. You know, what were the message around you? What was society's beliefs? What messages did you receive in school from your parents, from your siblings? Every religion, all of it matters. And if you sit and just kind of think and ponder a little bit, where did all of this come from? Because quite frankly, God made our bodies. And he gave us a clitoris and the clitoris is nothing but pleasure. The clitoris is made to give us pleasure. So how could God get it wrong? <laughs> That's what I don't understand. I'm like, he made these two bodies and he made them for pleasure. Why are we stigmatizing it? Why are we making it seem bad or wrong? Because I think here in America, we want to think we're a Puritan society. And I don't kind of believe that we are. I think it gets hung up. Why can't we be a little bit of both? Why can't we be sexual? Why can't we have our religion balance it all out and just be real and honest and authentic that people like pleasure and people like sex? I believe women like sex as much as men. But we're given such mixed messages how do we even enjoy it when you're not supposed to 
you know, do half of the things they want us to do because we've been told it's going to make us a bad girl, a slut. You know, we get labeled. Men are revered. Men are revered for being, you know, out there. So many, so many paths I want to go down right now. But let's start with messages that women get as children, as girls. But do boys get any more information or education around it? Probably not. Probably not. But they're, they have, because of the penis, like theirs is right there, that external release. I think they understand quicker that the release that comes from ejaculation, the benefits, you know, the stress, stress reduction, let alone the pleasure. Okay. The pleasure is always first, but there's such physiological uh, benefits to masturbating and having that release. They want more of it. Okay. Now the, the other thought I had is, you know, the only way to, well, I shouldn't say that the, The way most people procreate is through the sex act. Mm -hmm. And we take such joy in those little beings. Why wouldn't we take great joy in conceiving them? It puzzles me. It puzzles me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, here you are. You're intentionally, mostly intentionally, you or unintentionally, but you know it could be the outcome that you are producing this child. Why not make this child of love, of joy and conception and really embrace and, and have ceremony? I believed even if we celebrated a woman's period, when a young girl gets her period and it was to be made the celebratory, wonderful stage instead of labeling it the curse the friend, you know, oh, it's now your life is ruined. You know, you can't do these things. I'm like, oh my God, it got ridiculous. As I got older, I really started to enjoy my period. Like I look forward to the release, the cleansing, you know, became a spiritual thing for me that, um, yes, at times it didn't feel good, but that's physiologically things are happening. But I do think if we presented it more, it'd be a more welcome gift instead of this problem we have to go through for women. And even menopause, I believe menopause is a gift in itself. It's like, you're, you're gonna, you're letting go of having children possibility and you're stepping into enlightenment. You're stepping into here I am. I'm at, we'll call it middle-aged. I'm, I'm here and w- it's a reevaluation. It's like, I'm here. I've cared for my children. If you've had them, I'm a, uh, I have a husband. I've cared for parents. When do I care for me? When do I step up? And when do I become number one in my own life? And I think that's where a lot of women reevaluate and men go through menopause too, I believe, but women really re reevaluate and go, what about me? The, the next half of my life, I want a little something for me. Okay. Two, two paths I want to go down now. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll start with the, perhaps the fun one. Um, a, a few years ago, I went to uh, one of those home love products parties. Oh, It was so much fun. 
the rep was fun. She was knowledgeable. Uh, she made everyone feel comfortable. Can you talk about those parties and their ah. usefulness, please? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So here's the story. I'm a massage therapist by trade. I'm 26 years into it. And when the pandemic hit, I was I became certified in love coach in 2012. When the pandemic hit in 2020, I realized that I needed to enhance my love coaching, you know, my uh, life coaching and step it up. So that's when I became certified in this. But back in the day, I think back in 2006, one of my clients was a party representative. And she says, Ann, you want to have a party? I'm like, yes, I want to have a party. <laughs> so same thing. She was knowledgeable. It was fun. I had 30 women in my condo. And it was the craziest thing because toys. Oh, my God. If you don't own a vibrator, ah. Oh! You're missing out. You have no idea. The best sex ever. You know, I mean, it, uh, to me, uh, a vibrator orgasm is different than one with your husband, partner, whatever. They're they're good, but you add a vibrator in the mix. Oh, my God. You're going off the walls with your sex. <laughs> it's so much fun. All the toys. The toys are so much fun. So I had that year for her, I had the highest selling party of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many free products. It was fun. <laughs> the woman that I know, she would actually do couples parties as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she said it was just so much fun watching these couples, like really communicate with each other and, and laugh and have fun. And, you know, I won't say experiment because you're in a room with a whole bunch of people, but, you know, really follow up on oh this we could do this and we could do that with this it's it re-sparks especially at our ages it re-sparks the imagination because i think couples they get into their familiarity of their routine and you're having sex the same way and it becomes a little boring so you want to mix it spice it you know i think that's how you keep longevity in a sex life is you have to keep reinventing it. Try new things. What would it hurt to, to play with a vibrator? What would it, especially too, where, you know, for women, sex during menopause, it can become painful. You should always, always, always visit your doctor. I think only like 25% of women go to the gynecologist you know, during, I just saw a stat when I was at the gynecologist about this, 25% of the women go in for menopausal problems. And I think it's much higher. They, I think we suffer. We sit and suffer. You should not suffer in sex. You, you, it should not be painful. There are things that they can do now, you know, lubrication. There's so many things. Um, so if you can't have intercourse, you can have outer course. You have the toys, you have oral sex, you have kissing, cuddling, hand-holding. There's so many different things that you can do other than intercourse. We kind of get, you know, in there, like, this is the only way to have sex. And if you have an open mind and you're playful, and my God, laugh. laugh. If you're not laughing during sex and having fun, you're doing something wrong. It's not so serious. It's really not that serious. And and then the other thing I find, everybody focuses on the orgasm. Oh, please let the orgasm go and just have, I'm not saying don't have one, but I'm saying don't be so goal oriented about the orgasm. Just have some fun. 
allow yourself to play and it'll happen. So you're saying it's about the journey, not the destination. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I'm, you know, it's, it's like you get so, you know, uh, you know, I'm single, so I'm out there dating and my partner sometimes will be like, you know, did you come? Did you come? And I'm like, oh, my God, could we just not focus on that? Let's just play and it'll happen you know, and be spontaneous. And, and if a thought comes to your head, you want to try something, I'm that girl. I'm like, let's do this. Let's do that. (laughs) And, you know, it is, we are older. Our bodies are, is not in tune and and we're fleshy and, and, you know, and everybody's had children or not had children, you know, some of us are overweight. So it's really, and you know what, men don't see all of this, especially in long-term partnerships. They re- I've asked them, I'm like, do you see my stretch marks? And they're like, yeah, I see them, but it's no big deal. We understand, you know, I know you've either lost weight, gained weight, had children. Uh, it's part of it. You know, I like bigger women, so I want to be with your type of body. So, yes, I remember being, <laughs> I have another story. You want to hear my story? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my 40s and I was cougaring a little bit. You know, the younger guys, I love the younger guys in my 40s. And, it's, it, you know, we're on the bed and we're having sex. And I, in my mind, I'm going, oh, my God, my thighs are moving. My tummy's jiggling. I'm like, what is he, you know, I'm in my head over all this. I can't enjoy one iota what's happening because I'm busy moving parts. And he said to me, you know, I just love the way your thighs move. I love the way your stomach moves. And I'm like, you do. (laughs) And he goes, I do. And I was like, yeehaw, let's just get it on, you know. But that because I was in my head, I was allowing this moment to be ruined by what I thought was a turn off to him. And it was a complete turn on. So I think as women, we're the harshest on ourselves more so than our partners. I I have a cougar story too, but it may be a little unexpected. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me, I want to hear it. Last fall, um, I was living in a cottage in the woods and I woke up at five one morning to this screeching sound that sounded like a female cougar. So when I was telling my friends the story, they said, oh, my God, did you go outside? And I said, oh, yeah, didn't you see the headline? Cougar meets cougar. Cougar wins. (laughs) Only that was like a real wild cat. So there you go. (laughs) Just took the wind out of that sail. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go to the opposite extreme in terms of women. Mm-hmm. That boomer woman is a product of the 60s and free love. Um, she enjoyed sex. She probably still does enjoy sex. She was game for anything and everything. But she's been married for 40 years now, and her partner seems to have lost interest. Mm-hmm. How does she get her partner back in the game? <sighs> it's interesting because I think you almost have to go back to when you started dating. What were those feelings? What were the two of you like at that time? And what's happened in between? You know, what what's happened in between these 40 years? Um, you know, family, work, have, what's the connection between the two of them? Has there been criticism? Has, you know, is it still loving? What's actually going on? between the couple 
And and that's where every couple is going to be different. What's what's happening? But what I would suggest is starting gently. You know, maybe have they lost the hand holding? Have they lost the compliments? You know, don't start out with reconnecting. You know, what do you like about that person? If you look at, you know, gee, you look really sexy today. Or, you know, just start verbally and emotionally reconnecting with each other. And you might be surprised. You mentioned outer course before. And is that sort of a really good way to maybe get back in touch with that man so he doesn't have feel the need to perform? Yes. Yes. Holding the hands, giving a little kiss, kissing him on his neck. You know, just, and it doesn't have to be overly anything, just little subtle things to start. You know, you might want to, how you, I like to dress a certain way. I like to wear dresses. I like, to me, I like to be sexy for myself. I'm not sexy for anybody else. And I have to define what sexy is for me. Even doing this interview, I'm between clients, but I wanted to look a certain way. I want to wear my lipstick, but it's all for me because that's what makes me feel sexy. It's what makes me vibrant and radiate who I am. So I think it's for a woman, get back in touch with what is that that makes you feel sexy? Is it, uh, you know, I wear in the evening, you know, for myself. You know, not so much lingerie, but I want a nice nightgown. And I, you know, I'm just there by myself. I like my, um, well, my my lingerie. I do on my undergarments. I want to match my bra and panties. I want, I like a matching set, but that's for me. So maybe it's getting back in touch with yourself, who you are as a woman, what makes you sexy? How do you want to look? I think it makes a difference. Okay, I'm going to throw a question in that may be slightly sideways. Men now have little blue pills. Those erections can last hours. And that can be a little tedious. It sort of takes the fun out of sex. What are your thoughts? Well, Yes. But I think, I, you know, and, and it's hard. I think as women, we don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, we, we don't want to, you know, I'm realizing with men, I'm reading this book, How to Save Your Marriage Without Talking About It. We are both, as species, men and women, we both have a lot of shame and fear. Women have a lot of fear of being isolated and unprotected. You know, back in the day, we needed our man to protect our children and us. Um, in the tribe. And men have a lot of shame about inadequacy of feel of being bad in a relationship, not living up to their fear of status. So some men, if they feel they can't make love properly, however that is in their head, they'd rather not do it because they don't want to disappoint. They don't want to put themselves out there and be labeled the bad lover. So they don't do anything. So I think with the, the little blue pill, you know, you, you really have to say, 
it's it was wonderful, but I can't go four hours. Or you have to take a break, or you have to come back to it, or there's lubrication. And it's hard because you have to speak up. And this is the hardest thing for women to talk about with their partners is sex. Like, uh, I like this, I don't like this. And it doesn't have to be that overt. It could be, you know, do this, you know, why you're in it. You know, or I'd really like to try this. So when you've had enough, you have to say, honey, you know, you can lighten it up. Honey, you know, (laughs) this is great. You're ready to still go. We got to take a break. You got to give me a few minutes, you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Now, you started to go down this road earlier. and I go down a lot of roads. (laughs) No, no, that's good. Um, I just want to make sure we do cover off all my little notes here. So you and other love and sex coaches I know say that the whole journey really needs to start with self-love. And I think you went there with talking about how you dress for yourself, how you do makeup for yourself. And I think a lot of women don't necessarily do that as much. Correct. And, and here's the whole thing about pleasure. It is my responsibility not my partners, not anybody else's. It's my responsibility to know what pleases me. So I'm the one that has to learn that. That's a huge responsibility to put on somebody else. You know, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. So if we start to own it as women. We start to know whatever it is, the lingerie, the the clothing, the hair. I mean, that's all external. Sometimes we have to go external to go internal. That's okay. But it all comes from internal. If you can see on the outside, God, I look hot today. I mean, I do that. My sisters always yell at me. You know, they're always making fun of me. Oh, there's Anne in the mirror again. There's Anne in the mirror again. You know, she's looking <laughs> at herself because, you know, I consider myself like I was a really like ugly duckling as a youngster, you know, and I kind of blossomed into something that I look in the mirror and go, wow, that really is me. Look at me. You know, I'm a hot chick. You know? <laughs> That's thing. But that radiates. So, but that took a lot to, to have, to really exploration and, and what it really was. When I started wearing dresses, my younger sister said to me, you're wearing a lot of dresses. I says, I like wearing dresses. I, all of a sudden, uh, three or four or five years ago, I said to her, I, I like wearing dresses. That's what I'm going to start wearing because I changed and I grew into, and I explored and I knew what I was starting to really like. So the same thing goes with our pleasure. It's really, well, here's the thing for you. I'm going to go to my notes now. We have three (laughs) types of libido, three types of sexual um, pleasure. So the first one, this might help some of the, some of the women out there is spontaneous desire, which basically is you're ready. You're ready for sex. You think about sex, you want sex and you're good to go. I don't think that's most women at all. I think some, but I think there's responsive desire, which is a desire for intimacy uh, with external stimulation, like touch, affection, closeness. So you begin touching and so the body starts opening up. The physical need desire comes before the mental. Then there's contextual desire, which means your circumstances, your environment needs to be in order. 
for you to have pleasurable sex. And that could be clean sheets on the bed. The, the house has to be organized. You're not stressed out about work. Um, the kids are going th- are in the house. They're going through. You know, you have to, it's only on the weekends. So we have that. And I think the majority of people, women are responsive and contextual. So it's we it's very hard just to snap your fingers and turn on sex and go, I'm ready, you know, because we have a lot of other responsibilities. But it doesn't mean you can't have pleasurable sex if these things are in order. You're just aware and you can, you know, communicate to your partner like I, you know, some of these things need to happen so I can relax and enjoy you, too. So you can turn off your to do list. And this is where he could help. And you can meet later in the bedroom when everything's done and put to rest so that you can enjoy your pleasure. You might need a bath. You might need 30 minutes of relaxation so you can sit and think about it. So you can, you know, maybe read some erotica or, you know, get yourself, be able to turn off your day and turn on your pleasure. Maybe sometime during the day, you can think little bits of pleasure come through. Like, you know, sometimes when I've had really good sex, you know, the next day you got a little giddy up in your step, like, whoop, you know, that was, <laughs> you know, but you think about these things because the mind is the biz- biggest sex organ. This is where sex starts first, is right here in your mind. I'm just going to go back to, to what you were saying about the self-love part, mm-hmm. is if you're in a long-term relationship and you reach that stage in your life where you say, you know, I'm going to make this about me. And, you know, you start doing all those things that make you more vibrant. I should think that communication becomes really important because I could see a lot of men thinking, oh, my God, she's having an affair. communication is a skill definitely it's very important i think what most women most people are couple they're looking for connection first they want to connect and communication is a byproduct of that i think what we're looking back for that original you know when we met that feeling, that connection. He just understood me. I understood him. You know, I think it's the connection part. And yes, but then he could, you know, he could ask and you could say, that's all for you, honey. It's for me and it's for you. Okay. I'm going to go total change of direction here. A situation that's becoming more common these days. Boomer women often felt sort of shepherded, herded, whatever it's called, into a marriage with a man without getting the chance to understand that they preferred female partners. As they get older, the men could well be gone for one reason or another, and they want to finally be honest with themselves. But now at this age, they lack confidence, perhaps knowledge. Can you speak to them? I can. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) You're on. (laughs) You know, I'm a firm believer. I consider myself pansexual, which is basically, I don't care what your gender or your sexuality is. I care about who you are. And it, it, it intrigues me your conversation. Um, You know, there has to be physical chemistry. Yes. But I, 
I, I like both. So I've been on both sides of the spectrum and it's really just, if you see someone that, that sparks that little interest and it's a little bit different, go have a conversation. You're you just, just like you would a man, you would just go up and say hi and you just start a conversation on whatever topic and you can see where it goes. It's one of the, it's fun. It's, it's exploring. It's don't, please don't limit yourself. Please go for it. <laughs> if that's something you want to experiment with, um, the younger generation's fabulous at it. They're, you know, having sex with everything and anything, everybody, you know, they're gender fluid, they're this and that and that they're really getting the hang of it, you know, how they want to explore. There's no limitations for them. But I think for us, it, because it was so taboo, you know, we were raised that gayness, homosexuality, lesbian was so wrong. Um, I just think you have to go back again to your cultural beliefs and just examine them and like, who is in your mind and who told you those things? And are they still true? And more likely, they're not true because you you're older, you have more wisdom, you see what's around you. And why not you? Why? Why limit yourself? Why? And I think it's perfectly normal for women to explore with women. I think it would be no, more normal if men would just get over themselves. But I think like in the college heydays, women experimented. A lot of them just didn't say anything about it. But I would absolutely go for it. I would not limit myself one iota. I see something, someone, male, female, transvestite, I'm like, oh, something going on there. Something in me. Oh, you're <laughs> sparking some sort of interest. I'm going to go over and say hello and see. Not everything's a love connection, but it, you just... And, and and that's the other thing. Give yourself permission to explore. Not everything has to be a commitment. It could be just, it could be a one night stand. Oh my God, those are so much fun. You should have some of those. <laughs> Allow yourself the pleasure of all of that to explore, have fun without, because a lot of boomer women with no partners, they have their own homes. They're in, you know, they're set. They, they just want to explore. They don't want to get remarried. They don't, they might just want a companion. I have a lot of people, clients that they're like, we just have this relationship. He has his house. I have mine. We visit, but we're still separate. And that's what works. You get to now reinvent it. You've done your time. You put your marriage in. There's no rules for you. Throw the rules out and go have yourself some fun. That's what I say. I left that pregnant pause for a reason. <laughs> oh dear okay i've got one more question but it's even more out in left field than any of the things so far so before i go there i've been all over the map and i appreciate you humoring me what haven't we talked about that you think boomer women mid-age women should know about their sexual selves and finding pleasure fun and everything in sex i think 
You know, I still am meeting people, women that have not had orgasms. They think there's something wrong with them or they're looking at their neighbor or their friend who's having better sex than they are. What is wrong with me? I'm not having that. There's nothing wrong with you. As I said in the beginning, pleasure is a learned skill and some because of their limiting beliefs have not allowed themselves the ability to explore and understand what what turns them on so i would like you to give yourself some grace definitely contact a love coach or a therapist somebody that can help you walk through all of this if that's something you want to explore i was on a podcast with a a, a gentleman who was 61 and he we were the same age and he said I want to role play. I, I don't, I want to role play. I want fantasy with my partner. And I'm saying, wow, he isn't role played. So, it, but he's like, was so adamant about this. And I said, do it. Ask your partner, come up with a little scenario, something that turns you on. It's role play, you know, just present it and see what they say. That's what, you know, I'm, I'm really pretty fairly open. It's, because I understand what it's like to have bad sex. I mean, I understand what it's like not to be pleased in the bedroom. I understand that you're laying there and he's all happy and you're like, what just happened? Uh, what am I missing? What went wrong? Where is it? Ha-? You know, I understand that. And it, and it's not a linear line. I mean, I've been all over the map, you know, big spiral, getting myself to, and I'm still to where I am now. And I'm still learning and exploring and trying new things. So just don't limit yourself is what I say. I have only one regret at this moment. And it's the fact that I'm not recording video. <laughs> you are so animated. <laughs> oh, I am. I'm talking. <laughs> Okay, this is the big uh, left turn now. I had Sherry Lynn Starkey as a guest last week. And before that, I listened to your interview with her. Mm -hmm. Before we close, can you tell us about your Eat, Pray, Love adventure, please? Oh, my God, it was so much fun. Yeah, I was 53. I read the book. I was in my book club. It was a few years earlier. I read the book and I said, I'm going to be doing this. I don't know how I didn't. I was like, but I just knew I was going to be doing this. And circumstances lent themselves. And at 53, I went out and I started traveling on my own. I had one week, um, the first week planned. Other than that, I did it with dreaming, meditating, talking to people along the way, looking at the map. I was... And it was the best experience I had. I just went wherever I I was drawn to, uh, to go. And it was challenging. It was rewarding. It was fun. I still have friends all over the country. It was hard. It was frightening. It was exhilarating. And it was courageous. That's the word everybody said to me. And I look back and I'm like, wow, that really was courageous. Uh, it was something that it was a desire I had in me. I wanted to do and I knew nobody else could do it because it was almost two years that I was out traveling. I mean, I, I, ha I was in countries I couldn't speak the language. I had to get myself around. I had to allow all this extra time. I had to keep myself safe. You know, it was, yeah, it was a lot. 
but I'm so pleased I did it. So, so very pleased I did it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Did you print a, like, did you write a book or print a journal or anything about that? I have, I did. I kept a journal. I have not reread it. I have yet to reread it. And I think one day it'll probably be in my collection of books. I have a book I want to write and I have the title already. I have my mother's hands because that's what I have. My mother and I have the same hands. I inherited her hands. So I know it's going to be that. That's probably going to be in there too. So we'll see. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that does sound pretty cool. Yeah. Um, And and, yeah, I guess courageous uh, to be, this sounds strange. I don't mean it as an insult, but like when you're 25, I sort of feel like you can run like hell. But once you're in your 50s, maybe you don't run quite as fast if you needed to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, to be on your own for two years traveling around different countries and stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, because it's different traveling as a single female than yeah. a male. Yeah. You know, they they can go places because it's just they're men. But as a woman, you you know, you, you always have safety in the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You learn, you learn how to be smart and you learn how to do things well, differently and who to trust, who not to trust. So it really honed your skills. It really did hone my skills a lot. All those spidey senses. Yes. There yes. You go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go back to Ann Bell, the expert now. <laughs> um, you, you coach. Tell us about that. Well, everybody's different. Um, you know, I kind of related to massage therapy. When everybody comes for a massage, it's customized. So it'll depend on what you got going on, what the conversation is, what we're going to talk about, you know, how I approach the subject, you know, where you want to go, what your goals are. And as you can tell, I enjoy talking about sex. I think it needs to be talked about more. And I always hear that people feel very comfortable talking to me about anything. So I think that's a nice compliment that people can, you know, women can come and talk because some of these topics are so taboo um, that we just really need to help each other out. So, you know, it'll just depend. I do have a getting to know you call, which is a 30 minute call uh, for a nominal fee where we can just have a conversation to see if we're a good fit, to see if you, you know, if I can help you, if you like me, get any advice, and then you can go from there. And can you do that? Like, is, can you do it virtually? or is Yes, it- I do it all okay. virtually. I do it all over Zoom. Okay. Um, so I can, you can call me from, you know, anywhere. You can go right on my website and, you know, book that call. But it's, you can do it from anywhere, which I find um, opens up the target audience so much more honestly. And where do we find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, my website is aconfidentialconversation.com. Uh-huh. And all my information is um, from there. And my next project is I'm going to be making a couples massage video um, for couples to learn how to massage each other. So that I I love, I used to teach that before pandemic, I taught that to couples and I actually, you know, you watch the couples bond differently. It's really such an extraordinary experience to watch it happen. So that's my upcoming goal for the next couple of months to start that and get it in production. Okay. Does it, does it matter if, if it's a man or a woman that wants to talk to you? Well, I, no, I, I focus, you know, on women, but no, I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. (laughs) 
you so easy. (laughs) I'm I'm a very curious girl. I love talking to people. Um, you know, what makes them tick? And where, cause I have this gift of, um, of a perspective. I can always put something in perspective for them and help make them feel better about themselves. So. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you're on social media, I think too, aren't you? Yes, I am. Good. Okay. Website links are always in the show notes and all the links can be found under the bio on your podcast web page. Listeners, if you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening or if you're listening at the Bloomer Woman's podcast at bloomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. For early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom With A Bang. And share this episode. Too many women have been stumbling through life, putting up with sex, not engaging, not enjoying it. And as you now know, it doesn't need to be that way. It should be exciting and fun and definitely participatory. Woof, I had to get my mouth around that word. Annabelle, thank you for being my guest on the Boomer Woman's podcast today and opening our eyes, amongst other things, to what's possible for us. Thank you, Agnes. Have a great rest of the week.